to the Total Car Score podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. Welcome back to another episode, and I'm here with Lauren. And Lauren, how great it was to be together all this weekend, huh? Oh, it was wonderful. I, Amelia Island is always one of my favorite shows. And if you missed it, listen to last week's podcast and you will hear all of the excitement. We had a great time and we got to talk to past winners. We got to talk to all kinds of interesting technology, but we also met some interesting people. Exactly. Jonathan Klinger and Diane Parker. So Jonathan, first of all, thank you for your hospitality last uh, weekend there in uh, Amelia Island. It was great to see you again. Yes. And I, and I echo what, what you were both saying. Uh, it was so great to just be amongst car people for the first time in, in more than a year. Yeah. yeah. And Diane, we didn't have too much time uh, to spend together. We uh, were, Obviously, everybody was really busy uh, looking at all the cars and all the activities. You guys were really busy there too, right? Oh my goodness, yes. We were busy. We had a display of the DeLorean. Uh, I was a judge there. So we had, uh, and we had youth judging going on. So there was a lot of excitement. It was great to be with everyone. So there were a lot of beautiful cars there, obviously. But as you just mentioned, the most famous one was the DeLorean. So Jonathan, can you explain what is that? We, we were having a rec uh, conversation about that. And it's pretty interesting, the, the, the new story with that car and why it was there. Yes. Yeah, that was something very exciting. So that we, we had two monumental announcements this weekend. One was the announcement of the Haggerty Drivers Foundation and adding the Back to the Future DeLorean to the National Historic Vehicle Register. And when I say the Back to the Future DeLorean, there's a number of really well done replicas out there, but this is the movie car that was driven by Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd and the dog even sat in it, uh, used during the filming and normally lives in the, at the Peterson Automotive Museum. But we were uh, very excited to uh, to add this as the next vehicle to the National Historic Vehicle Register. And, and Diane can talk a lot more about what that register is. Yeah. So, Diane, can you explain us what's the, the process to getting that register? Because it's only 29 cars. I was surprised when I, I heard that. And Lauren, you were too, right? I mean, oh, it's yeah. pretty rare. Uh, that, I didn't realize that, you know, how many famous cars do you think about mo cars and movies, Diane? And then suddenly, we of course, we think of the DeLorean. But tell us what Haggerty's doing with this. This is very interesting. Yeah. A lot of people are surprised to hear that there is there was no such thing as a National Historic Vehicle Register where cars are considered and documented uh, and considered to be culturally significant. Um, and what does that really mean? That means that something that is culturally significant within our country can be documented and live on in perpetuity in the Library of Congress. So everyone's pretty familiar with the Register of Historic Places. We have over 180,000 buildings, covered bridges, statues, and you know famous homes that are on there. But it wasn't until 2014 when we came along and realized that there was this very large gap in our cultural past. And that is not one vehicle had yet been documented. And so we decided that we were going to fill that gap. And we've been doing this since 2014. 
And the DeLorean happens to be the 29th vehicle announced that uh, uh, as part of our Haggerty Drivers Foundation initiatives. So, I mean, we're not going to list all of them, but uh, the one that I, I remember a few, uh, the Volkswagen Bus, and um, what are the others? Please help me with that. So, if you have any other in your <laughs> top of your mind. Well, it's a vast array of vehicles showing kind of the breadth and the depth of the, the impact that vehicles have had on our country. And so we use four criteria. We go, we go with, uh, and this is the same as the built world. And so it's association with a significant person, an event. It may be information value, meaning is it the first, the last, or the only remaining example of that make or model? And then the last is, are there any significant to do with the build? Uh, so we've got the very first car in the registers, the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Um, we have the Thomas Flyer. We have a, a Future Liner, a Myers Manx. Uh, the first production minivan, the Bullet Mustang, the Gypsy Rose, a Ferris Bueller car that was driven, uh, a 70 Challenger, a Duesenberg, I mean, you name it. We have pretty much covered the gamut. Um, but I'll say that we have some catching up to do because if we were to do one of every single make, that's 2,500 cars. Wow. So, Diane, do you own these cars? Does Haggerty own these vehicles or are these just vehicles that were listed for the registry? Haggerty does not own these vehicles. Uh, we're fortunate enough that we deal with the stewards and the owners of these particular vehicles uh, to document them for the register. So we take kind of take the snapshot in time and document them. We document the histories. We do laser scans. We do photography. And then those vehicles go back to their respective stewards or owners. So, oh, Jonathan, I have, a, I mean, most people know what Haggard is, and we've been mentioning, obviously, during this conversation, but can you remind the people who might not be aware of what's Haggard, what you do, and besides all these great initiatives? Yeah, uh, so Haggard is, everything we do is all about the fun car in people's life. So, a lot of people know Haggard is the largest classic car insurer. Uh, we also publish Haggard Drivers club magazine uh which is uh now the third largest automotive magazine by by print circulation and uh in addition to that everything that we do uh is centered around getting more people involved in the enthusiast community and and we feel the best way to do that is to literally get people behind the steering wheel in the driver's seat with their hands on the wheel and get them to drive a fun, interesting car that they haven't ever driven before. That's great. So now you do a lot of things, as I know I've, I've been working with Haggerty and we have their insurance, but it's neat that, can you tell us, like, Haggerty is more than just insurance and the other things you've done, including the, the Drivers Foundation and a lot of the different things that you've done beyond what I think the, it's obvious to people. Yeah, so you know, going back for more than a decade, we decided that we need to be a resource for people and and allow people to simply have fun with their cars. And so what started with that was what is now known as the Haggerty Price Guide. We started publishing a value guide simply for the most commonly uh, traded collector vehicles. And, and that idea has led to a lot of initiatives throughout the years, all about enabling people to make good decisions uh, when it comes to purchasing a vehicle, make good decisions when it comes to how they use their vehicle, depending on what it is and the types of events they like. And most recently, this last weekend, we announced the Haggerty Drivers Foundation, which is 
taking some of these efforts that Haggerty has done going back 20 years between our initial days of providing scholarships to people pursuing careers in the automotive industry to uh, the establishing the Historic Vehicle Association in 2009, all of those efforts are now rolled into this public foundation, this the Haggerty Drivers Foundation. We do this on behalf of our members. We do this for the automotive community, and we hope that others will join us along the way. I use your Haggerty valuation tool all the time. I collect cars, and I know we've had you and I have had these conversations. A lot of people don't know that, but it's nice to, to see that you're just not selling a policy and you disappear like a lot of the other companies, which are actually giving me value. So if you're thinking about buying a car, this is a great place to go to Haggerty.com. You can go in and look at not just the insurance quotes, but also get your values. Now, I know that you've got a lot of other things going. You have an entertainment segment as well. This is not what people think about when you think of insurance. Can you give us some enlightenment on that? Yeah, yeah. We've had some exciting announcements in the past year. So uh, the Greenwich Concours, which, of course, with the pandemic the last year, it didn't happen like so many other events, but it's coming up in October this year. Haggerty acquired that a little over a year ago. Uh, More recently, we announced... Uh, the acquisition of Concord America, so the the premier Concord that takes place in Michigan, Plymouth, Michigan, in, in the end of July every year, just a couple of weeks before Pebble Beach. And so the, the way we see this is, is we want to be stewards of some of these amazing legacy events where people can come out, whether it's showing a car or looking at other people's cars that are displayed on the field, or all of the adjacent events that take place around these car shows. And in all of these events, we bring our signature ride and drive program where we have a whole lineup of interesting vintage and collector vehicles that first come, first serve. People can come up, sign up, and take it for a 30-minute drive. Um, Diane, can you please uh, explain to the audience how can uh, someone interested in applying for one of these scholarships can, can do that? Yes, yeah, so they can go to our website. Uh, they can go to Hagerty.com slash Drivers Foundation. And uh, as of July 1st, we will have the opportunity for people to apply and we'll have all the directions and information there so they can do that. So in general, are there any requirements? Do you have to be a student? Do you have to, what, what are the basic requirements, I guess? So we're working on all of the guidelines uh, associated with obtaining a grant. So we'll have more information on that coming out, as a matter of fact. Okay. So uh, for this announcement, this, uh, I, as I'm reading the information, is $400,000. So so there's, there's three pillars of the Haggerty Drivers Foundation. The first one is the culture pillar, and that's what some oh, okay. people would have known as the Historic Vehicle Association. So this is the National Historic Vehicle Register. This is the annual celebration at the National Mall, Cars at the Capitol. Uh, The second area of focus is education. So these are, uh, to build on your previous question, Javier, this is where accredited training facilities, so colleges like McPherson College with their automotive automotive restoration degree program, uh, OTEC schools that have automotive programs that have some sort of focus on automotive restoration, those institutions can apply for scholarship funds. So it oh, could be ten, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars worth of scholarship funding that they will then distribute to multiple students. 
based on a combination of merit and financial need uh, and some other criteria. And, and, and it's all about encouraging young people to pursue careers in the automotive industry, specifically within the restoration and preservation sector of the automotive industry. It's funny, you know, all these kids that uh, Diane had got to work with, You got, how many kids did you work with in the kids judging program? Tell us about that, because I think that's interesting when you have a, a kid who's been playing video games and there's, they know more about this information on cars than we do sometimes. They're just spouting off statistics. You know, tell us how you choose these kids and, and what, what they do at the car shows. Actually, Klinger actually deals with the youth judging. I was doing the Amelia judging. So we truly had the divide and conquer there at Amelia. So he can better answer you about the youth initiatives. Absolutely. So when we launched the Haggerty Youth Judging Program 14 years ago, Amelia Island was the first major event that we rolled that program out. And we've done it at every Amelia ever since. And typically what this this program is, is about 25 to 30 young kids, ages roughly 6 to 14, sometimes a little younger, sometimes a little older. And we'll select six vehicles that the kids will go around and the owners are there. They talk to the kids. They uh, tell them why they were drawn to the vehicle, what's interesting and significant about the car. And most often, they'll let the kids sit in the driver's seat. They'll fire up the engine for them. They'll honk the horn. That's always a big plus. But the whole idea is to just kind of drop this uh, invisible proverbial velvet rope that is oftentimes around these cars. If you think about a young kid when they come to a car show with their parents, it's stand back, don't touch, don't speak unless you've been spoken to. And, and we want to drop all of those barriers. These are cars. They're interesting and, and kids need to learn about them and most importantly, get excited about them. Yeah, that's great. And again, as we started the conversation, that was great. One of the great parts of being in person, again, we had so many Zoom calls and so many digital views of cars that nobody could see or touch in, uh, in the real flesh. So that was one of the best things that we had this weekend, right, Lauren? Oh, yeah, I, I think it was great to get back and talk to people. I was a judge as well. I had the supercar class. Diane, what did you judge this year? So we had two Haggerty Drivers Foundation Awards. We had our preservation award, which we do jointly with FIBA, which is the, and I will butcher saying this, uh, so uh, hopefully no one that is French will be offended, but FIBA is basically the Federation International Ancient Vehicles. And we also had our Haggerty Drivers Foundation National Automotive Heritage Award, and that award, we apply the same criteria that we do with the National Historic Vehicle Register. And that means that anyone that receives that award, it means it could potentially mean that that vehicle could at some point be added to the National Historic Vehicle Register. Wow. So, awards. Yeah. Big. Lots of judging there going on. Yeah, really. So what got chosen this year? Tell us. For the Heritage Award, we picked an 1895 Morrison Salam. It's called an Electrobat. And that is thought to be the oldest electric in existence. And it did not, although it was not in the race, uh, it was present at the 1895 Chicago Times Herald race. So really awesome car. That is for heritage. And then for preservation, there was a beautifully preserved. Uh, and what we mean by preserved is it basically has mostly, if not all of its original finishes. And we picked a 1912 Hispano Suiza that uh, was just spectacular owned by the uh, the Collier collection. 
Wow. What wow, are the values amazing. on those cards? That's, I'm curious now that you say this. You know, the, I love this question because, uh, and, and I, I, it's, it's kind of the time. Checkhaggerty.com, right? Well, well <laughs> exactly. you know, it's twofold. It's checkhaggerty.com. I'm not sure that you'd actually find a 1912 Hispano Suiza on there, but it's one of those things that, you know, it's, it would depend upon what is someone willing to pay for it? How is important is it to the, an individual and how much are they willing to pay for it? And I don't know that you can, you can't actually put a value on a car that is all original and it is one of very few that remain. Yeah. You know, something Lauren and, and we could make an entire episode talking philosophically about this, but oftentimes ownership provenance plays a factor into the role and any vehicle that's owned by the Collier collection or the Revs Institute, you can bet that it's been properly vetted. It is in the best shape it possibly can be represented and that adds a premium to it and i'm just going to give you an example so there was a a, a duesenberg that sold a few years ago through gooding out at monterey that uh, was consigned by the collier collection and the pre-sale estimate was something like 10 to 12 or maybe 12 to 14 million doesn't matter it sold for more than 20 million uh it was an ex-clark gable duesenberg it, it sold for almost double what anybody expected for. And I have to imagine because it came out of long-term ownership of a very well-known collection that is known for keeping their vehicles in absolute tip-top condition. Wow. wow. That, that's yeah. kind of, that would make a great show. We should have you back on just to talk about history and provenance and some cool stories because I'm sure you've experienced some pretty uh, interesting people and stories that Javier and I have not. We've met some great people over our lifetime joining us. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but I, I think we all have. But it's Yeah, really you're right, Lauren. There's so much to talk about. But uh, I want to thank you, Jonathan, again for uh, your hospitality in uh, Amelia. You too, Diane. And for this, uh, spending this time with us, like recapping the show, like still fresh from uh, coming back over last uh, weekend. So again, Haggerty.com for all the information uh, that we just uh, talked about here. All right. Thank you so much. It was so great to see you in person last weekend, and I look forward to the next time. Yeah. Thank you, Diane. I look forward to seeing you both. Thank you both very much. I appreciate it. Thank you all, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at TotalCarscore.com.